0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. From
1: NBI Studios, this is Truth and Justice, a crowdsourced investigation in real time. I'm Bob Rothman. Last week, you heard the first hour of my conversation with the legendary Jim Clemente. This week, I'm picking up right where we left off. Jim is leaning towards inexperienced and unsophisticated killers... While I'm struggling to see things from his point of view. In this next hour, we dig even deeper to see if we can get onto the same page. This is Season 12, Episode 10, Jim Clementi, Part 2.
2: They screwed up. They were interrupted. The plan was bad, and the execution was bad. I
1: think so. I came to to a different conclusion, and I'll certainly default okay. default to yours. But no, but I I want to hear it. The difference is the way that we see. A lot of it depends on did that wheelbarrow move with her in it or not. What I see is what what could to me indicate someone who was pretty criminally sophisticated is. Vicki's shot point blank execution style. John Mm -hmm. shot very close inside you have. So if the intention was and the plan was to kill these two people, burn the house down, they did it pretty effectively. They eventually through the, through the, through the x-rays found bullets, but they did this pretty effectively the way they lit the fires. There's no accelerant by the bodies, none of that. So if they got interrupted, Say in a scenario where then Becky interrupted them, either pulls in, walks in on it, or is upstairs in her room. They don't know because she was supposed to work that night. Here's gunshots, comes downstairs and finds them. Either way, she interrupts them, them. She becomes something that wasn't part of the plan. Say in a scenario, she's running out of the house and say they shoot her in the path between the house and the, where the wheelbarrows at. She dies right there. But maybe there was a struggle in the house and they're like, well, we've got, you know, we've left forensics on her, quick throw her in the barrel, light that because there's people coming now, light her on fire to burn off any hair or DNA and get out of here. Which would be at that point, you know, they've given up on, since she wasn't part of the plan, this being uh, an attempt to hide the fact that there was a crime. At that point, they're trying to just hide forensics, dump her in there, throw some gas on her get rid of the gas can and get out of there. And, you know, ultimately in reality took police 10 years to make an arrest. So they were effective in concealing, not that there was a crime, but in concealing who committed the crime, but that now if you if you're rolling her back in from the back, that changes things certainly. Cause that's, that's because I can't, the person that is in my mind very carefully setting the fire Who would know if someone who knows the response time for emergency services, even though the fire department's only four miles away, knows that it's going to take them 20, 25 minutes to get there? They set the small fire so they have time to escape. I don't, why does that person roll the body in from all the way out and then stop 70 feet short?
2: But there's two people. Right. And look, one could have been taking care of shooting the mom while the other one was chasing after Becky right because she rolled in at just the wrong time right but where do they go where do these bad people go good question uh, there's no there's no four-wheeler tracks right there's no you know two sets of footprints walking away from the house into the wilderness there isn't very much in terms of avenues of escape other than that dirt road right coming up the hill yeah i mean there's, there's a few different ways to get around the neighborhood yeah it's, it's spread
1: out where you could get it on foot you could get around but i don't personally i don't i don't think they left in a vehicle you've got by the time tim summerlee calls 911 he was at least the fifth caller the neighborhood's on alert and in the canvassing none of the neighbors saw a car driving away anywhere down alpine road either way
2: so how, how far away like how far away would they have had to hid, hide their vehicle in order to have that be seen? They,
1: uh, I would say, safely probably a, a mile down the hill, which wouldn't take much to get you know to get down the dirt roads, get in behind everybody, get in the vehicle, and go. You've seen like the aerial photo of the neighborhood; it's really spread out out there. There's also, and we haven't, I haven't even discussed this yet. It seems kind of crazy, uh, but my next trip up there, I want to test it. Um, Cause I don't even know if it's possible, but apparently back in that national forest, there's a road back there, almost to the mountains that goes through the peaks and actually drives all the way down the mountain, takes you into cathedral city all the way down in the valley. Really? I don't know if it's passable. I'd, I, I want to go out there and see if it is passable, but I was told that that road's back there and it's something to, something to consider. But, but again it comes down as far as the sophistication level if, if it comes down to we're trying to hide the fact there was a crime they screwed up bad if it comes down to we're just trying to cover up any forensic evidence John and Vicky if they just walked in and shot him they may not have touched him they may not have and they're just worried about I don't know any fingerprints or anything like that but if there was Becky's foot indicates there was some kind of struggle there the missing shoe if it was just to quick douse her because then they they took the time To either take the accelerant with them or to move it back into the house or into the garage, wherever it was. They didn't just leave that out there, nothing with their fingerprints on it. There were no fingerprints on the gas cans they found, none of them that that were useful.
2: Right. But if they emptied it and they carried it away with them, you know, that would show that it was, you know, a little more organized. But this crime is not showing a high level of sophistication or experience you know mm-hmm. committing crimes like this but I'm also I don't know I'm not seeing a lot of maturity either you know this is you know the target being or the, the person that's dealt with in the most extreme is 18 years of age mm-hmm. what are her risk factors
1: so from what I wrote there on the on the summary, She actually has more than they—they seem small, but the risk factors. There's a lot of them, you know. She had, you know, as an arson investigator, I'm always looking for what changed. She broke up with her boyfriend about two or three days before this. There were rumors that she was involved with some people that were involved with some gang members in Indio. Uh, The one, the only thing that was really substantial about that was another ex-boyfriend she had gone to their house a month or so before this and was sitting down with the with the kid's mom eating and her phone kept ringing and the mom says that she was crying and she said what's wrong and she said she's these people won't leave her alone they keep they keep calling her and mention these gang members so that's a potential risk factor but that's also one of those things that the you know the rumors get rolling around I don't know how far there's with that
2: Well, I mean, let's talk about that for a second. This family didn't have a lot of money, right? Right. The thing, one thing that's missing is her purse. She's an 18 year old, you know? I mean, you do all this shit to, to steal, you know, somebody's purse. Right. She's involved or knows gang members. What are they doing there? Selling meth, you know, selling pot and meth and crack. I mean... Well, how do they benefit from this right why do they bring a triple homicide heat down on them I don't know I'm just not feeling gang activity I
1: don't either no I don't think so so she had the the boyfriend she broke up with she had also just recently started talking to another ex-boyfriend who had a girlfriend but they were they were talking um, and in fact he was had planned to go up and hike with her he says that he canceled the hike but that's just his word. Wait,
2: I, at that moment,
1: at that time? Well, that e- earlier in that evening, which the whole thing is a little weird because it was like pitch blackout that night by 730. He worked till 630 down in the valley and she was supposed to be to work at nine. But he confirmed that there was that she had asked him to come up and hike and there's phone. Oh, records. yeah.
2: Didn't you, Was there something in the summary about that, that? Yeah. she was going to be hiking with somebody else.
1: Yeah, he says that she told him that there was going to be another cuz it was supposed to be like platonic. He has a girlfriend. They're talking. He says that that it was, you know, she he got on the phone with her. He didn't really want to go hiking and she says, "Oh, there's this other guy up here that 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 I'm going to be with." And he's like, "I don't want to deal with the drama." And so I said, "No, I'm not I'm not going to go up and go hiking."
2: Oh wait, I'm I'm a little confused though, but so she broke up with a- her boyfriend a few days before and then she starts talking to him and asks him to go on a hike with her and somebody else yeah but so she breaks up with
1: boyfriend a boyfriend B that she's talking to now the day of the you know the weekend leading up to this crime they had broken up eight months earlier back in January okay and then they were she wanted him to come up and have to go hiking with her then she said there were some other guy she was going to be hiking with um, That was going to be up there too and he just He says that he just canceled and didn't go up
2: and she never identified who this other person was. No, no, not to him
1: on the phone. He, he said he had some assumptions about maybe it was another boyfriend or he thought she'd been dating some guy from the 29 palms base or something, but wasn't, wasn't sure. So you have that, so you have that boyfriend, you have the, the one she just broke up with, you've got just recently before this, she had evidently slept with a coworker's husband, and there was an incident at work. There was kind of an argument between her, obviously, and the coworker who was upset that she slept with her husband.
2: Can kind of
1: understand that. There was an altercation at work, which we haven't even talked about this on the on the podcast yet. But there was another altercation a couple days before this, where it was reported that it was that ex boyfriend B, uh, the the one from January, the older, but it wasn't him. It was actually a friend or roommate of the boyfriend she had just broken up with a couple of days before that came to her work at Denny's and was screaming and yelling at her they he had to be asked to leave the leave the restaurant so she had a lot going on
2: wait so he was screaming and yelling at her for breaking up with the other guy I don't know it was never no, it's not documented what
1: the altercation was about it was just that was him that's who it was and that he was there and they were they were arguing that was like mm. the Friday. Okay. This happened on Sunday. The Friday before, so she's got all that going on as far as risk factors. John, I've had a hard time identifying any real risk factors from him. I, we listened to a half-hour-long interview with his boss, or not? He's an independent contractor, but he did a lot of work for this property management company, and uh, just nice guy came to
2: work. Yeah, but the way the questions I have about him, you know, it, basically in the summary, you say that one, he's you know, he's making sixty, seventy grand from these one this one client and mm-hmm. he has other clients and his only expenses are really seven hundred dollars for a mortgage and that's it. Yeah. No car loans or anything. But he never had any money. So money's going somewhere. Right. And is that money going to a drug or alcohol problem or gambling? I mean, is the casino nearby that you know he's always at or something i mean nothing like that
1: i was asking those same exact same questions as you know we're usually looking for drugs or gambling when money's bleeding out somewhere uh, we heard some of the kids had said that he would occasionally smoke pot with the kids behind the house. they used to go back in that as a matter of fact speaking of the footprints i, I don't remember i think i mentioned the report but uh, some of the friends said two days before this that they had been walking around back there with becky Um, In behind the house. But in his autopsy, he had no, no drugs at all were detected in his system. So I don't know about that. There's no evidence that he had any kind of gambling issue. Sounds like everybody said he got off work and went back home and stayed there. Doesn't mean he couldn't have, but there's no indication that he did have a gambling issue. But he also wasn't, you know, he had tax liens. He had, he wasn't, it seems like he wasn't super organized. You know, he'd get He didn't have a bank account. He'd get his checks and cash them. And he owed money back child support and he owed money for tax, tax liens. Um, so he was always kind of trying to avoid paying those things. And then you have Vicky. The only risk factor for Vicky is the one that there's a, you could see a real direct correlation is that her ex-husband was fighting, having to pay her one hundred seventy-five thousand dollars from his pension that got you know put into the divorce decree fifteen years earlier or whatever it was, and now he finally retired and now he was fighting, having to pay that. And according to John's ex, her boyfriend's ex, who was pretty friendly with with Vicky, she had a pretty can relationship with the ex. It was pretty violent, not physically violent, but you know they a lot of screaming and yelling. They they hated each other, and now he was fighting, paying this money. So that one jumped out at me, obviously, because,
2: and that is that, that Becky's dad,
1: that's Becky's dad. Yeah. So that one, you know, that was one where you could very clearly say, well, if she's alive, he's out 175 grand. If she's dead, he's not out anything.
2: Yeah. But I'm very reluctant to see Becky's dad burning her in a wheelbarrow. Right. Uh, To me, that's a real, he would have to be a pretty major psychopath to be doing that i mean you know let's say if the wheelbarrow was heading into the woods you know and, and and the offender was trying to bury her you know or something but got interrupted and decided to burn her uh i just don't see it i just don't see that
1: i haven't ruled it out because of exactly it's it's this kid but then i think as what i said on the show the other day is I can't rule anything out that a parent wouldn't do to their kid, because we've seen Uh parents do so many things to their kids.
2: But was his relationship with Becky that bad? I mean...
1: It wasn't, it seems like it wasn't good. There's a little little indicator we have there is, so after her parents' divorce, when she was young, Vicky dated a guy named Chuck for... I don't know, a year or two, we don't really know exactly how long, before John. And then she'd been with John for the next 10 years after that. At one point, Vicky and her or uh, Becky in her senior year of high school moved out of the house and didn't go live with her dad, but went and lived with Chuck and went to a different school for her senior year of high school. You know, it's nothing concrete, but I found it interesting that... The person she went to go live with was not her father who also lived down you know away from Pinion pines but she went down to go live with her mom's ex-boyfriend i don't know what the and her older sister tiffany also lived with chuck and really till the day he died which was in 2020 saw him as kind of a father figure
2: hmm
0: Play for free at Luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Bob, this is a really screwed up case. Let me put it this way. I'm not hundred percent convinced that Becky is the target, but I am her treatment is different enough that it's, it's a, a real probability. There just isn't enough behavior around the mother other than the fact that she was shot kind of execution style to make me think that she might be the target. And, you know, and the same with John. Like, they're just dispatched. And, not, you know, it's not like the head was smashed with a cinder block or something. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't seem to be a tremendous amount of anger and all that there. No accelerants put on their body, you know, but with Becky, I mean, it's a pretty offensive thing that was done to her. And they spent more time with her body than they spent with the other bodies. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, I'm leaning that way as her being the target. But I still think that, that they were interrupted, that they didn't get to do everything they wanted to do. But because that fire you know, had attracted the the neighbor's attention and, you know, they could, you know, I I mean, I hear fire engines where I live. I live at the top of a hill and I hear them a couple of miles away, you know, and I live in a big city, like in the middle of nowhere at nine o'clock at night, Mm -hmm. fire engine siren, you know, probably stands out.
1: Right. Yeah. I, I, I I would think, if he was running the siren and not just lights that you would have heard it from that distance. Yeah. Just cause it's so I've been up there at night and it's just so still and quiet and dark. And how up about there.
2: visibility? Speaking of that, is there any visibility of the down South down the Hill towards the fire department? I'm
1: going to have to check that to be, honest, I was sitting here this whole time. I've been thinking it'd be worth checking out. I'm trying to, I don't remember looking at, from the house out towards the South and seeing like a huge expanse of, you know, cause there's some, some creosote trees and stuff up there, but it does. The, the neighborhood does generally slope down to highway 74. So it would seem possible that you could see it, but I don't recall seeing that far from the house, but I'll have to, I'll have to check that and see if you could see the lights coming, but certainly you would notice the car coming pretty quickly
2: yeah well it's coming from pretty close by right yeah yeah so once at least once they came up
1: they came up chilling heights road when they came up that road which would be if you're facing from the house out to the road just to the left maybe a quarter mile you would have you know seen that those headlights coming for sure
2: right and there's you said there's no moon in the sky at this point right and and you know yeah i mean when you're in and you're out camping in the middle of nowhere and a car comes by, you can hear that gravel crunching mm-hmm. from pretty far away. And you can certainly see the lights. Right. Yeah. It's I, I
1: to the the whole thing is just super perplexing to me. I had kind of the same impression you had at first. I've started leaning away from, from that. Cause it, to me at first it seemed like a big cluster fuck that they just didn't know what they were doing. And then, as I was working through different scenarios, how it could have played out, it's like, well, it could have, it could have been not that much of a clutter. It could have, could have been pretty. of you know, the plan was shoot them both, light the house on fire with two small fires, slide out of there, and you're down the road and gone before anybody gets, anybody notices the fire. It's a pretty good plan. But then well, Becky shows up. But then Becky shows up, and then there's a struggle with her. She runs, you know. I still think she the other thing with the wheelbarrow, there's no tracks for the wheelbarrow going out, only in.
2: Right. That's why I was asking if it was out there. In other words, you said that they used to smoke pot out there. Uh-huh. Is there you know, did they collect up logs and make a bonfire? What, you know, what did they do? You know? I don't know. But the wheelbarrow could have been sitting there where where it is, as you said, and they could have just dumped her in it and said, let's just Light her on fire and get the fuck out of here.
1: Right. And then, you know, in, in that scenario, as I said, where, where I was leaning very different from you was that if uh, me looking at it as someone who say is smarter, uh, there's a few factors that, that, that play in. I guess I'll just b- kind of break down what I see is it seems to me that a good possibility is that the offender has an idea of the delayed response to that location. They have an, They have a pretty good idea of fire behavior and how to burn a house down while setting fire small enough to give you time to escape. They, they, they know enough about forensics to know that if there was a struggle with Becky that by quickly lighting her on fire, she doesn't have to burn completely away. They just need to burn their evidence off of her that it, and if the, if that's how it went down, which I mean, it could be a completely different scenario. But if that's how it went down, then I lean towards someone who has who maybe is a little more mature and, and calculated, because it's like if that's the case, right, Becky interrupts them. Now you're talking about somebody who's thinking very quick on their feet how, oh, shit, that wasn't part of the plan. And I just tackled her. My DNA is all over her. Somebody's coming put her in the barrel, light her on fire, and let's get out of here.
2: All right, but let's talk about that, though. What did they actually accomplish? So you're talking about a hit? I mean, we have to kill these people and then burn down the house? Like, are they really at that great a risk for that? It seems like an outrageous thing for, you know, this community that, you know, I'm just making an assumption here, but I doubt that there's a lot of double homicides in this community. And people are there because they're trying to be away off the grid and, and just in peacefulness and it's quiet. And, you know, there aren't loud parties, nobody's cooking meth, whatever. I don't know. But if that's the case, what did that crime accomplish? Just set her aside, set Becky aside. What did this crime accomplish in murdering those two people? You know, they're they're in their 50s they're you know they're quiet they they do their jobs and they come home what is it that that caught it, it just it wasn't just a home invasion that you know they just decided hey i'm gonna break in here do nothing but kill these people and then take off i mean you did mention that john might have said to somebody that they're coming into some money soon but again like, who did he tell that to that was then going to get this information to some people who wanted to come in and just kill them and burn down the house? Was there, there's no indication that they were tied up and asked questions and tried to find the safe or anything like that. Right. It just seems like they were just practical kills with a slight indication that maybe mom was executed, but if she, you know, tried to take off and was cornered trying to open the back door, you know, and she's shot in the head. What is the goal of the offenders here? And how is that exhibited in behavior? Man, I mean, there just doesn't seem to be a lot of it, you know, killing them and then burning the house seems to be like, well, that's how I'm going to try to cover up killing them. Not a good job, not an effective job because they left metal things inside their bodies Mm -hmm. that weren't part of them. And then outside you got her burning in a wheelbarrow when the neighbor shows up, like it's a very bizarre thing. But then you have the neighbor saying, I looked into the garage and then you have the fire department, right? You said the fire department came and it was closed.
1: The captain says he doesn't recall if it was closed when he pulled up. He doesn't remember. But we know it was closed at some point because the fire department cut a hole in it with the with the chainsaw. In my experience, that could be a number of things. Those doors, you know, they, they can, you know, a big draft Those those tilt-type doors can cause them to, to close. Uh, possible like if the accelerant in front of the door ignited quickly.
2: But well, was, it, was it, did it have a garage door opener or, no. or
1: it was a manual thing? Manual. It was one of the solid doors that tilts, not a sectional. Mm-hmm. I've also seen one thing I've considered. and The problem is the fire chief or the fire captain just didn't have a lot of memory of that. Was you know one of the things we do as firefighters once a fire starts to get under control is we do is called pull ceiling. Get these big pike pole, big poles with hooks on the end. You pull ceiling down, make sure there's no hot spots left. It's possible that garage door was tilted up, covering the ceiling. In order to pull the ceiling, they would have closed it, and then because they cut, they didn't just cut a little access hole. They cut the whole door out, just left the frame. It could have been shut by the firefighters later, cut open so they could get inside the ceiling to pull ceiling. That's a possibility. He just he just he wasn't helpful, the captain wasn't helpful with the garage door. Or it could be like you said, the killers were still inside and they But then you gotta ask yourself why why make the noise of closing the door, which would also slow down your fire by closing the garage door? Why not just leave
2: Yeah, you know that, but closing the garage door might prevent somebody from Running inside and seeing the the people with the bloody heads and and chests, I don't know.
1: Yeah, but in in that scenario you just talked about when you it, when you said we walked through, okay, forget Becky for a minute and just look at the purpose of you know what was accomplished, and that's why with when looking at her victim Vicky's victimology or their victimology, the only thing, and I'm not saying this is necessarily the case, but the one thing that was accomplished by that is that. Vicky's ex-husband no longer had to pay $175,000.
2: Yeah, which is a real motive. So obviously, you need to find out where the ex-husband was at that time. Right. You know, I mean, and, you know, and or whether or not that person, that ex-husband was in communication with anybody who might have done this for him. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Obviously, that, you know, when you're talking about investigative avenues, that is certainly a, a real viable avenue right I, you know obviously I know nothing about where he lives or works or plays I mean he could be on the other side of that neighborhood or on the other side of that road who knows mm-hmm. but that's something that you should check out
1: I was gonna say once you're done with that thought let's flip the script and say Becky was the target and we'll walk through that
2: yeah so and that that's why I'm saying because I don't know of anything that was accomplished other than that, 175 I'm not putting a high priority on on the probability that the older folks were the target. Again, if it was just them, I would be struggling to figure out a motive. Mm -hmm. But when you see Becky getting this strange and extreme treatment, the other ones were killed and they were left inside a house and the house was lit on fire. Becky was killed And she was dumped in a wheelbarrow, you know, left hanging out in a wheelbarrow. And she was, an accelerant was poured on her and she was burned up. It's kind of displaying the body versus leaving the body where it drops. They spent more time with her body than with the other bodies. They spent more effort on her body than with the other bodies. All those things are indicating to me, she was more important than the other two. And so that's why I would say that there's a more of a probability that we're talking about somebody who targeted her. Now, what kind of problems does an 18 year old get into? Yeah. She could be hanging out with gang members who want to teach her a lesson for doing something wrong. could be unrequited love. It could be, you know, the boyfriend who just broke up with her. It could be the girlfriend of the ex-boyfriend that she's talking to again. It could be somebody else totally different who is in love with her. And now that she's free wants her and she doesn't want him. Mm -hmm. You know, those are all possibilities and my feeling, and I have to go with my gut on this is that she's the target and it has something to do with her and the scenarios I just gave you. You know, three out of four of those have to do with her love life.
1: So what what is accomplished by is it just crime of passion? Just I'm mad. So I'm going to kill her and her family or kill her. And then family were witnesses. So then.
2: Yeah, well, probably doesn't have this doesn't show a tremendous amount of knowledge with respect to her schedule because her coming back home was not planned. Right. She
1: shouldn't have been here. Right or and even if we even if that call didn't happen she was still supposed to be at work when this happened one way or the other
2: right that's what i'm saying yeah right unless that call was connected somehow to the offender in other words did she really leave her shirt home or was she going to see somebody or did she plan on meeting someone or did somebody plan on meeting her those are possibilities mhm you know what i'm saying yeah in other words, she makes the call to work saying, uh, you want me to come in or you want me to get my shirt and stuff? It's I'm and I'd be have to be late. And they said, All right, come on in late. Yeah, one way whether it was for the shirt
1: or for a different reason, if the call happened, she was buying time, seems like. Like she was yeah. with somebody and wanted to spend more time with them or was waiting on somebody or was gonna stop somewhere, or it was, you know, she forgot her shirt, but whatever it was, she was it was it was to buy herself some time
2: doesn't seem like she was under duress though because then she would have said i have to go back home right and get my shirt versus you want me to come in now on time or do you want me to wait
1: also she didn't say um, i'm not coming in it was just let you know if, right. if, if someone was if say the killer's got a gun to her head calling in he would probably tell her to say I say i'm sick and i'm not coming
2: yeah i'm not coming tonight yeah right So that would delay discovery and all that. But this look, what did they really accomplish by burning down the house? Not a thing, really. Maybe a delay, a delay in figuring out that they were murdered, right? But they didn't accomplish a cover up of the murder. They didn't accomplish a staging that was effective. And again, people stage and people spend time, you know, concealing bodies when there's a known connection. To the right. location or the victim or both. Right. Right. Yeah, I, so I agree with that 100%. I believe that's an indicator that there's some known connection between, uh, and I believe it is Becky, Becky and the killer or killers. I still believe there's more than one that could lean towards the gang. It could lead towards somebody who, who you know, was very angry at her and you know had somebody come along i don't know unless it's gang activity where you know you might have you have more than one person in the gang who would do something like this i don't know
0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the
1: Fileo fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every
0: time. And if you love the filet of fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. But I,
2: as I, I go back and I say, I think you have two offenders. I think I'm not seeing a lot of indications of maturity. You know, the body burning in the wheelbarrow, you know, is that, is that some insanity or is that some immaturity? It seems there's no other indication here that somebody was just psychotic and just going on a spree and not thinking or anything like that. But it looks like that when you see the crime scene, Mm I'm, I'm thinking that's an indication of immaturity. It was planned. This was planned but not in a very sophisticated manner criminally. I wouldn't expect that the offender or offenders would have a similar criminal history. I don't think that they've been doing this for a while. Forensically, it's possible that they cleaned up the brass. You know, who cleans up brass, right? People who are, you know, who have, you know, a high degree of forensic sophistication. And um, so do cops, you know. When you're, when you're going through the Academy and this is cops have died because of this in the line of fire. In other words, they're in the middle of a firefight and they run out of bullets. And instead of just loading and keeping firing, they pick up their brass out of habit, out of habit. Yeah. And Mm so they, we eventually in the FBI trained law enforcement never to pick up your brass during, um, shooting afterwards, go back and pick it up. Because if you train yourself to boom, 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 pick it up, and then boom, 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 then you're going to do that during a firefight. So, right. Anyway, that's one thing. But uh, I don't know if there's any other indication of law enforcement here. Well, let's um,
1: talk about planning for a minute. Okay. Um, you, me- you mentioned that this was planned. and I agree. But
2: not very sophisticated.
1: Really. Right. It was. Pl- I lean towards it was planned because. There's no indication that the weapons used came from the house. Uh, there was no weapons missing from the house.
2: Right. So they bought their weapons with them. Right. And they took them away. Right. So that's that's an organized thing. It seems
1: almost impossible that they drove there, which is another level of planning that they either.
2: Well, that they drove all the way to right the location. But it, it's just showing some planning,
1: right? So they either they yes. live close enough to walk or were smart enough to park the car somewhere remote and then hike yes, in yes so the, like I, I looked at those things thought okay well this is someone who came there with murder in mind i don't think this was and you tell me what you think but i don't think this was like a crime of passion as on tv where it wasn't intended and then something broke bad and something happened you know you know if becky was the target she wasn't strangled her she wasn't hit over the head she was very likely shot so someone's carrying a gun but then one thing that I found really interesting, and you, you would I don't know anything about that. I just know, practically speaking, as a hunter, what I think about this. I don't know as far as other crimes you see committed. The shotgun used was loaded with birdshot, which is a terribly awful choice to kill a human with. They're tiny, tiny little BBs. Uh, we all remember Dick Cheney shooting a guy in the face, in the neck, with, a, with the same type of load not a deadly load unless it's you know very very close and so it got me to thinking would someone go buy ammo for this crime and choose bird load if they did certainly doesn't show I mean shows they they don't know what they're doing
2: why wouldn't they get double op buck
1: exactly yeah if you're gonna use a shotgun that's what you see in the western movies when they shoot them and there's like 12 big holes in their chest that's double op buck but they have bird shots or Is birdshot just what they had around for their shotgun? Mm. In which case, part of what I worked into my profile was, I think that's more likely, which would indicate the person probably is a bird hunter or does sport shooting.
2: Or shoots varmints in
1: their backyard. Right, or possibly, yeah, something like that. But someone that has that as a reason to have that kind of load. It's the same load you'd use if you were trap or skeet shooting, or if you were pheasant hunting, or... Not even duck, you'd use a heavier load for like duck, but for like pheasant or quail or something, or farm, it's in the, in the backyard. Or Dick Cheney's friends. Right. If you're trying to shoot one of Dick Cheney's friends <laughs> in the neck, then that'd be the load you would choose. So that's something that I, that I considered.
2: And what did you determine? That this was probably, you know, somebody from the area there, or...
1: I couldn't go that far, but I went as far as to think that we have two people with two different levels of maturity or sophistication, because then the other guy's got a 40 caliber pistol, which anyone can have.
2: But the fact that they have the type of pistol yet.
1: No, they they said they thought it probably came from a Glock. And I guess they could tell that from striations. Yeah, Yeah, you should be able to. Yeah. Yeah. So they said they believed it came from a Glock. Forty caliber but they said it could be forty caliber or ten millimeter, which are almost identical. Oh, really? Yeah, they're the same. Forty caliber is about ten millimeters, and the bullet was pretty deformed.
2: Yeah, but oh, okay. But uh, either one means that it could be an FBI agent because we used to use ten millimeter Smith and Wessons, and then got transferred to the forty caliber Glock. Mm-hmm. So, with that person, as far as behaviors that I see, they held
1: the gun. To her head and pulled the trigger this is vicky vicky and and that's where i want to rely on your expertise a little bit me it seems like you see that shit on tv but that's a it's a it's a hell of a thing to put a gun to someone's head and without hesitation and pull the trigger you know pressed against their head Mm -hmm. And, and so part of what i'd worked into my profile is one of them probably does have some kind of criminal past someone who maybe has killed before somebody who and i don't know if you see that you know if it's a normal if if you see that with just you know average ordinary everyday offenders that will press a gun against somebody's
2: head well yeah it could be someone who has some criminal sophistication that way or some other experience you know if we if i go back to the dc sniper case right Mm -hmm. the reason why we thought that least one of these offenders was somebody who had police or military training and experience Uh Um, somebody who you know it's harder to as you say it's harder to pull the trigger on a human than on a target Uh especially up close and personal and unless there's a lot of hatred involved that's even harder when you're talking about killing two women Uh right so I wouldn't say necessarily because I don't think the job was very well done unless one of them was a complete screw up and the other one was unable to uh, wrangle that one. Mm-hmm. But it's possible that they have police or military training and experience as well.
1: Make sure you tune in for the final hour of my conversation with Jim Clemente next week on Truth and Justice. Truth and Justice is an NBI Studios production and is distributed by Wondery. Edited by Kelly Barron's Brink and sound engineered by Shane Yoder. All music for the show was created, composed, and scored by PutThemInASong.com, who also mixed and mastered this episode. All of our fonts across all of our logos and banners were created by Tate Krupa of Red Swan Graphic Design. You can find more of Tate's work on Etsy. Thank you to Katie Ross of CreatedInTandem.com for designing, creating, managing, and maintaining our website To financially support the show, the best thing you can do is just go to patreon.com truthandjustice. You'll not only be supporting the show, but you'll get something in return. On Patreon, you can pledge as little as $3 a month, and we have reward levels. For just $5 a month, you get access to ad-free versions of all of our episodes and behind-the-scenes bonus video content every week then other reward levels include t-shirts, hats, and even the opportunity to co-host one of our Friday follow-up episodes. Just go to patreon.com truthandjustice. You can also do us a huge favor by going to iTunes and leaving us a five-star rating and review. And lastly, you can always support us by supporting the brands that sponsor this program. If you have a new case you'd like us to consider for future seasons, you can submit your cases on our website, truthandjusticepod.com. Just click on the case submission button and fill out the form. And the most important thing that you can do is to engage in our investigation. You can keep in touch with us through our email at theories at truthandjusticepod.com. You can like our Facebook page or join in on the conversation on the Truth and Justice Podcast fans page on Facebook. And for all you tweeters out there, you can connect with us on Twitter at TruthJusticePod. And I can be found personally on all forms of social media at Truth. And don't forget that we always have our 24-7 voicemail line open for questions, comments, or tips on our cases. That phone number is 269-224-2833. However you do it, stay engaged, stay in touch. But as for now, I'm signing off. I'm Bob Ruff, and this has been Truth and Justice.
0: Say goodbye to the dish. And hello to Skystream, the new way to get Sky over Wi-Fi. So you can get unmissable Sky shows like The Last of Us and Succession, as well as Netflix and Discovery Plus, and loads more, all in one subscription for £26 a month. Oh, and next-day delivery with no upfront fee. Skystream, TV simplified. Head to sky.com. Requires Skystream and broadband minimum speed, 10 megabits per second, 18-month minimum
1: term. Cut-off times apply for next-day delivery. Excludes bank holiday. 18-plus terms apply.